Hello, everyone. This is Dr. McDonald from Restoration Health Center joining you for another episode of NABWIC Talks Health. Joining me today is Eleni Papanicolaou. Welcome, Eleni. Hello, Dr. McDonald, and thank you very much for your kind invitation and the honor to be a guest in your radio show. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you. So I met Eleni maybe around two, three months ago. And I heard her story, and I was so blown away, so I said, man, I just have to have you on the show to talk to our listeners and just to kind of discuss more of what you've done and just your journey throughout life. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you and tell our listeners so they can understand who you are and what you do and what you've done throughout your life. I was born and raised in Athens in Greece, and uh, I consider myself citizen of the world because I had a chance to live in three different countries, in Greece, in Canada, and the United States. So I'm uh, trilingual, and uh, uh, this experience has enriched my life tremendously. Awesome. So what do you speak? I speak Greek, French, and English. And English. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I, I was married twice, never had children. Uh, I met my first husband when I was 20 years old. Uh, that was love at first sight. Aww. And we got married uh, one year later. Wow. Uh, after several uh, attempts to uh, build a, a complex of uh, summer condominiums in Greece and after changes of government, and uh, a lot of bureaucracy, we decided to leave Greece and move to Montreal, Canada, where my husband's brother lived, uh, a very gifted cardiologist, married to a Canadian lady, and had already started their family. So we lived in Montreal uh, for five happy years together as a couple and as a family, until we were struck by tragedy. My husband was diagnosed with, with lymphoma at age 38, a very athletic man, uh, healthy to the bone, never complained about any, any health issues. And after four years battling with cancer, he passed away at age 42. Wow. Uh, I was 36 years old at the time far from my family, away from home. Uh, my life was going down in pieces, and uh, I had no idea where I was directed next. So um, I feel grateful because I was working at that time, and my job saved my mental sanity. I dedicated myself fully to uh, my profession and my clients, uh, and our relationship became more than professional with the time because we developed deeper and uh, very meaningful relationships as the year went by. Um, I was graduated from the uh, School of uh, Haute Aesthetics at Disarray in Montreal. I studied uh, right before my husband was diagnosed, and I graduated uh, a year before he passed away. Wow. So uh, 
Due to the fact that I was fluent in French, I chose to receive all the theoretical material and my uh, written exams in French. But I requested to receive uh, my training, hands-on training, uh, with English teachers. So I would be accustomed to the English terminology since I lived in a bilingual country. That was proven to be a, a very good choice because after 20 years in Montreal, we uh, moved to Florida with my second husband. Okay. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit. So talk to me about how becoming, how, how did your husband's journey through cancer kind of impact your study as an esthetician? Uh, my husband's battle made me realize how in the importance of nutrition. Uh, he battled for four years. Uh, he received chemotherapy, and uh, it worked at the beginning with the help of good nutrition, but then later on the treatments failed. I had a long conversation with his hematologist, Dr. Laria, at that time, and uh, he asked me to sit facing him and looked at me in the eyes and he said, Eleni, stop crying because as a doctor, I have to admit and let you know that you prolonged your husband's life by one year. Wow. He was, that, he was uh, supposed to uh, pass away one year before. Wow. And that is due to what you did to, for him nutrition and care. So uh, this was uh, something that emphasized the fact that uh, good nutrition and balanced nutrition and mental health is very, very important, Absolutely. extremely important. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And in fact, one of the, the things that stuck out to me so much when I met you was learning your age and looking at you. I mean, you radiate health. You know, your skin was flawless, but more than that, even with the examination, I believe I even told you, I said, my goodness, <laughs> you're fine and <laughs> your exam is better than some 20 and 30-year-olds that I know. So I was like, what is your secret? And that's kind of what started our conversation was, you know, what is your secret? What have you been doing? And, you know, you began to discuss how you weigh nutrition and a healthy lifestyle yeah. so highly, which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm proud to say that uh, although I got married again and I lived with my second husband for 23 years, uh -huh. it's ironic to say that I lost him too due to cancer. Wow. So I've lost two, two husbands that I adored. Oh my uh, to the same disease, and uh, it's not easy on on a woman who is away from home, uh, no children, totally alone at that time, to keep my mental and physical health. So uh, I have achieved this through exercise and good nutrition, also a lot of readings, and uh, I listen to a lot of uh, seminars from psychologists, mm -hmm. um, scientists, teachers, 
to keep my uh, mind um, straight and in a healthy way of, of thinking. So the combination of working, lifting weights, exercising practically every day, maintaining a stable weight, uh, being an esthetician, I know how to take care of my skin. Uh, simple ways, not complicated things, simple ways. And as I always say to my clients, good skin starts from within. What you apply externally helps. But what builds your body and your skin is what you put into your body. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit more about how you came to uh, the United States. Well, you know, Florida in, in you know, specifically. And your esthetician practice, how you went into practice, and just your experiences throughout practices, and anything unique that, you know, you would say happened in your practice. Well, um, I was interested in uh, the functions of the skin, the structure of the skin, and everything that was related to skin because in my adolescent years, I suffered a lot from uh, cystic acne. And uh, my father, who was a doctor, uh, supported me a lot and uh, encouraged me to uh, study skin. At the same time, he took me to uh, four or five different dermatologists who were also friends of his at that time, and everybody gave me a different treatment, which was long and painful. So I decided to take my uh, uh, control of my skin uh, myself, and I started studying, and this led me to uh, study deeper and become a professional when we arrived in, in Montreal, Canada. And I had the chance, as I said before, because I speak French, to have teachers who came directly from Paris. And uh, at that time, it was a blessing because uh, Paris was the center for beauty, at least those years. Wow. Um, and I remember my teacher asking me to sit in the front row all the time asking me to translate a few um, uh, words, and she was calling me my living dictionary because most of the medical terms come from Greek. <laughs> uh-huh. So that, that um, made it easy, <laughs> or easier. <laughs> made it easy, yes, yes. <laughs> I was the smart guy of the classroom. <laughs> um, what led us to... Um, to the United States and uh, specifically Florida is uh, the fact that after 20 years in in Canada, we were kind of tired with the cold weather. And uh, my second husband, Mark, uh, was working for the Canadian government at that time because he was fluent in five languages and they used him. He was a special assistant to the Secretary of State and they use his languages to communicate with the ethnic groups. 
So working in Ottawa marked you the how to proceed to apply to um, move to the United States, and we did. We applied, and after several months, we received a letter that, that our application was approved. And then uh, we went through an immigration process for about a year and a half, going through medical exams, bank accounts, criminal records, everything, until the day uh, we received the notice that we have to present ourselves at the embassy and go through an interview. So this is how uh, we decided to come to Florida because we were sitting in a warmer climate. Mm -hmm. I and I continue doing Sorry. <laughs> Sorry? No, I was going to say I, I'm sure it's much warmer than Montreal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's my little paradise here. <laughs> Once you got here, how long before you actually started your practice? Uh, immediately. Um, we went to uh, a seminar about investments in our bank, and among the um, audience there was a Greek doctor, Greek origin, uh, but uh, studied in Germany and the United States, a dermatologist, Dr. Vasilouris. And uh, I was wearing a name tag. He read my name and he said, are you Greek? I said, yes. So he introduced himself and he asked me what I was doing. So I, I, thought, I spoke to him about uh, my career in Montreal and he said, actually, Eleni, this is a perfect timing because I'm looking for somebody to take over my uh, aesthetic practice in my uh, clinic. Wow. This is how everything started. He trained me for a certain months, he asked me to be his shadow before I put my hands on the first patient, and I owe him a lot because he expanded my knowledge of skin tremendously, tremendously. That's awesome. So you got first-hand medical experience, not mm -hmm. just, you know, from an, um, an aesthetician. Yeah, except for that, Dr. McDonald, I was thirsty for knowledge, and uh, I can tell you that uh, since I graduated, I never stopped going back to school, to seminars, to conventions, every single year. Fantastic. There is so much evolution. Yes. Uh, a lot of changes and a lot of evolution. Uh, now, uh, technology has been introduced to aesthetic care, and even uh, technology changes very often. So we have to follow up. So throughout your practice, once you got it going and you took over and made it your own, what did you experience in practice? Uh, a wealth of experience and uh, knowledge. Uh, my mind opened totally because being born and raised in one country, you only learn what is available around you. 
but moving to Canada and then to the United States and having to deal with people from all kinds of origins, ethnicity, religion, backgrounds, experiences, philosophies, ideas, made me a different person and has enriched me tremendously. Uh, this is one of the phenomenal experiences I got from my profession. And the second is that um, I had a chance to develop closer relationships with my clients, and they introduced me to their children, uh, young ladies who had teenage daughters or even boys who had skin problems or nutrition problems. Some were overweight, some were drunk addicts, and uh, they could not get uh, normal nutrition. They thought it had no taste, and they were uh, reacting to the parents' remarks. Uh, so me, as a third person who was not mom or, uh, or dad, they would listen to me, and it took me a very delicate approach and time to get to know each of each one of them better to find their sensitive point and uh, approach them in a way that they would understand and they would not react so over the years uh, we gained each other's trust and they would listen to whatever i was saying and i remember mothers were coming back to me emotional, that, oh my God, Eleni, we don't know how to thank you because my daughter or my son finally uh, does the right thing, and it is thanks to you and your persistence and your approach. So this is this was also something that um, as much as you are compensated, uh, there is no compensation for this feeling. I love that, Eleni. Because people came to you for skincare, you know, something topical, something external, and you drove home the point that many of us holistic practitioners are constantly saying to our patients that it doesn't matter what you do outside if your internal environment is toxic, if you're eating yes. food that's creating inflammation and just essentially rotting in your gut, then no, you can't have good skin even if you buy the most expensive skincare products. I love yeah. that. So even in a little, you know, backhanded way, you were, like, making a profound impact on your clients and their families. That's incredible. You know, this happens only if you have been there, as I like to say, I suffered myself from cystic acne so long, so many years, that I would identify, I never saw my clients, regardless of the age, as clients. I saw them like a person who came to me uh, for better skin and better health. And uh, I tried always, I devoted myself to what I was doing, and the people were feeling it. Uh, I remember specifically another thing that made had a huge impact in my professional life. I came um, in contact with women who suffered from cancer and uh, were going through chemo. And chemo dries the skin out a lot. 
So, uh, and actually I remember one specific case more vividly than others because she was so young and while she was taking uh, chemo, she was pregnant. Uh, I was in awe. I mean, I did not know what to do to make her feel better. So to these women, um, I was offering my services uh, free of charge. I was feeling that it was the minimum of my obligations to assist them and make them feel a little better and offer them some personal time and some pampering. That was something that, as I said before, there is no money in the world that can pay back the feeling you get when you see the, ex the expression of appreciation in their eyes. Of course, of course. Because when people are going through that, it, again, it's, it's a profound experience. You know, their world is crashing in and they're doing the best that they can to fight. But especially as women, we value our beauty so much. And there are so many changes when women go through chemotherapy. Like you said, I didn't even think about the skin drying out. We often think about women losing their hair. But yeah. Or yeah. things like that meant the world to them just to rejuvenate their skin and give them back that natural glow after mm -hmm. getting one of your sessions. You know, for those who don't know, will you explain a little bit the difference between cystic acne and regular acne? <coughs> I'm sorry. Acne is uh, the little uh, blackheads and pimples we get on the surface of the skin. Uh, easy to clean and easy to uh, control. Cystic acne lays deeper and uh, does not come to surface. Uh, the, the cysts are developed in the deeper layers of the skin and have no uh, point of exit to the surface. And this is what makes it so painful. Um, cystic acne is treated totally differently compared to the uh, regular acne, uh, which most teenagers go through because of hormonal changes. Cystic acne is deeper and it can also uh, hit older ages. And uh, this has to be treated in combination uh, by a medical doctor, by a dermatologist, and uh, also by an esthetician as a second step to help the surface of the skin to keep it uh, moist to keep it elastic, so there is always hope for a way of the cyst to come to the surface, uh, plus the nutrition, uh, and again the exercise. And I cannot stress this enough because what we put in our body goes directly to the bloodstream, and the skin being the largest organ of the body, gets its nutrients by the uh, blood. Yes. So if you put uh, bad quality food in, in your body, it will uh, affect all, all your organs sooner or later. I remember I used to tell my clients and my younger uh, clients that imagine putting dirty gas in your car. It will go, 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 and at a certain point it will stop. Yeah. It's the same thing with your body. You have to keep it clean and going all the time. Oh, 
what did you find, like, because uh, I know you said it was only when you took hold of your own health did your own personal cystic acne improve. So do you have a regimen or a cocktail for the listeners who may be experiencing this who have gone to dermatologists after dermatologists and they're just not finding resolution for their cystic acne? Do you have some suggestions on things they could try in addition to the... Yes. Yes. Uh, The uh, the dermatologists usually prescribe antibiotics uh, or stronger medication that will dry out the skin. Uh, I found um, that it helps a lot my skin, and later on when I started practicing the skin of my young uh, clients, to eat more alkaline foods because acidity is something that uh, is really, really bad for the skin. Uh, Add more greens in their diet because all greens are alkaline. Um, And pay attention to milk and dairy products. Some people uh, do not tolerate um, lactose. So it reflects on the skin immediately. I remember uh, every summer I was going to Greece and I was eating tomatoes because they are so delicious. Okay. I would break break out immediately. Wow. And in the beginning I didn't figure it out. Then I, I, with the time I figured out that this was something that was making my skin worse. Uh, so takes time because each person is different. We are not all the same. And each uh, organism will react in a different way. So sometimes uh, it takes uh, a group of food to uh, exclude totally from your diet and look at the results, then go back to it and exclude another group of food. Uh, this is the way that we will figure out what agrees and does not agree with you. But uh, acidic food and um, uh, dairy products are very basic. Yes, yes, I love I do that quite often with my patients. Uh, It's funny that you said tomatoes. I give them for a few reasons. One, because... I can imagine how delicious the tomatoes in Greece are. <laughs> but they are. Is you know, it's one of the foods that I actually um, uh, suggest that patients remove from their diet because it's a nightshade, and for many mm-hmm. people, it creates reactions um, mm-hmm. stemming from the gut that just manifest in various ways, whether acne or pain. Because you're right, it does create inflammation because of the acidity in it, and because of some of the other properties. Um, and I'm right there with you with the dairy. It's just so highly inflammatory. And yeah. most people are so used to feeling bloated and heavy that they don't even notice anymore that they're actually having a reaction to dairy, you know. Yes. They don't notice until they come off of it and they say, oh, you mean I'm not supposed yeah. to feel bloated and heavy and gassy after I eat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not supposed to break out in highs and, you know, have know, pimples everywhere after I eat. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So it is a very important point. 
Another thing that I would uh, would like to point out is uh, sugar. Uh, people do not think that uh, sugar can harm, but sugar is, uh, to me, is an enemy. I mean, I eat occasionally. I don't. I never felt a prisoner because of my nutrition. If I am out with friends or if I want to enjoy a nice piece of chocolate, I will do it. But I will not include sugar day in and day out in my uh, nutrition. I don't drink any uh, sweet drinks, no sugar in my tea, no sugar in my coffee. And it, it, it sounds a lot in the beginning, but I can promise you that the taste buds adjust so fast and so easily that after a while you won't even crave the sugar. You will turn your head the other side yes. when you see syrups and things that are very sweet. Uh-huh. And you so it's a matter of discipline. Those things are. Once you stop, you begin to, your, your taste buds become so sensitive to them that you're like, I can't believe I used to drink this. Why is it so sweet? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like smokers. When they stop smoking, they cannot go near a person who smokes. Uh-huh. The, the smell of the smoke will disgust them. It's the same thing. And red meat, it's, I mean, um, it's something that we all know now. We are, we are living in an era that we are uh, going more towards a vegan and vegetarian lifestyle more than uh, meat consumption. So tell me a little bit, with your profession, I would imagine that there's a large uh, female population in your profession. Yes, there there is a lot. That is true. It is true. And uh, what I would like to point out uh, for young women who would be interested in following this profession is to to continue um, the edu- their education after the basics. And because today we have so many um, different treatments, uh, I would suggest that they choose the ones that they feel they're closer to their heart and perfect to one or two things, not to try to do everything uh, in a way that it is not the best they could do. It takes um, some time to clear the mind because a lot of times young women start in one um, direction and halfway they see that this is not exactly the way they thought it would be. So it is okay to change and go towards the direction that talks to your heart because it's the only way you are going to perfect what you do and you will be happy with what you are doing. Um, Another thing that I find extremely important is uh, to educate their clients because women live with the anxiety of the time changing their facial features. They become depressed, they lose control of their um, image, uh, 
they request things that they make them look uh, not to their best. And it is up to the professional institution to have the honesty and the ethics to guide them through that, through this process. Because aging is a natural process. We should not be afraid of it. We should embrace it. So it's, it's, it's them having the power to say, no, you don't really need that procedure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To guide them um, in an honest way. Yeah. And not to, to see it only as a lucrative profession, but also as a profession that touches people's lives. The personal image is, is very important. Uh, this is what people look at when they see you until they start discovering the inside of you. Uh, the first impression is your appearance, so everybody is concerned about the appearance, and this is normal. Uh, but I have to say at this point that uh, aging is also a normal process. So instead of uh, being uh, in panic, we should learn to embrace it and age gracefully. Yeah, like you have. You certainly have. And as I understand <laughs> it, you've actually written a book, right, that goes kind of through a lot of this information that you've kind of built your practice on. It is an electronic book with a lot of um, diagrams and pictures. I designed it myself. I did it from A to Z. Uh, it took me one year to design the whole thing. Uh, I share my experience and information. Um, and uh, I'm proud to say that when I submitted it to uh, iTunes, they did not change one little thing. Wow. Which made me proud because yes. the design is <laughs> uh, something that it is uh, not normal, <laughs> quote unquote, for my Absolutely. age. Absolutely, for is, uh, that says a is lot. That, <laughs> is that I love electronics, I love computers, and uh, I have a sense for them, I have a feel for them. I do things that if you ask me half an hour later how it you did how I did it. I don't even remember. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to say, but uh, I love it. I'm very intrigued with all the evolution and the changes in technology. Okay. I love it because it's important to just slow with the times as they change, you know, to embrace it and still hold on to some of the things from the old ways because some of those things are very important and they always cycle back. But it's important to, like you said, be fluid as time changes to embrace it and to at least learn it, take what you like, leave what you don't, and just continue to flow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so what would you say throughout your, your years, what has been your biggest impact on your community? Well, um, except for uh, what I did um for my clients, which was very rewarding. Uh, my husband and I joined a Christian humanitarian order a few years ago. We uh, t- took our oath in uh, the Castle of the Knights in Rhodes, which, which was a phenomenal experience. 
and we worked for several years. Uh, what we did is that we went, we visited several hospitals in the Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg area where we lived at the time, and asked for uh, unused uh, medical equipment because the hospitals uh, keep in their basements a lot of unused medical staff and equipment. I'm not talking medication, I'm talking um, things that are used in the operating rooms, uh, older x-ray uh, machines, yeah. uh, you name it. Uh, and they stuck them in the basement and uh, at a certain time they have to be destroyed. So what we did, we were going around the hospitals asking for the unused uh, equipment and material, and we were loading containers. Dr. McDonald, it's unbelievable, this experience, is, um, it was life-changing. Uh, we were loading the, the containers ourselves, the two of us, <laughs> because, because it was costing less. Yes. Uh, people were looking at us like, who are these people in the beginning? What are they doing? You know. And uh, we send, we used to send them to countries in need. Uh, so it was one of the most fulfilling uh, thing that I ever did in my life. In we succeeded in a period of four years to uh, send um, medical supplies of the value of approximately nine million dollars. Wow. So it was a big help to countries uh, that have nothing, nothing. Women give birth on the on the earth; they have nothing. Yeah. So we 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 uh, were uh, knighted for this uh, uh, work, community work, and we received the um, Grand Cross of Grace, which is the highest rank. But you know what? The, the, the award, yeah, you receive it, it's fine, you feel that uh, you achieved something, but uh, the feeling of having offered something to the community and to other human beings that are less fortunate than you, there is no award and there is no money, there is nothing that can give you this more than the feeling of fulfillment that you were a, a positive addition to the society. Incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And like you said, that in and of itself has impacted those people for years and years, you know. Yeah. And with that, is there a last message that you'd like to send out to our audience as we wrap up? Um, yeah, I would like to, to address um, the young generation. Um, the young women who are uh, listening today uh, that uh, be the best you can be, believe in yourself, believe in your talent, in your uh, God-given gifts. Uh, everybody is unique. Uh, you have inner beauty. You have inner strength. Use it. And uh, do not afraid to be different. Do not afraid to dare to dream big, to follow your inner voice. This is very important. Listen to your inner voice, follow your instincts. Set goals and go for them. Believe in love, in forgiveness and unity. 
We are all children of the same God, and we are all connected. Excel against all odds, and do not allow anything or anybody to stop you. This is my message. That's amazing. Well, everyone, again, that was Dame Eleni Papa Nicolau. Thank you so much for this enlightening session. I learned so much from you, and I'm just in awe. I was, I thought I was in awe before, but after <laughs> listening to your message, I'm just in awe. And that last message is amazing. Dare to dream big and follow your inner voice, because that's so important for our young women to believe in us, you know, to bet yeah. on us and to not be afraid to go after something that we may, be, we may think is bigger than us. So thank you for that. That's a message that I'll definitely take with me <laughs> along with my career. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy I had the chance to meet you. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, everyone, that is the end of our NABWIC Talks Health for this week. We'll see you next week for another exciting episode.